Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Well, Doug, today is Tuesday. What do you know in the news? Well, uh... D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser uh, announced that they're going to do away with the indoor mask mandate in D.C., mm. except in two cases. Can you guess what those are? If you're unvaccinated. No, that's not even that. Huh. Schools. Oh, wow. And congregate facilities, churches. No way. Are you serious? Con- well, wherever people would congregate inside, which. Wow. Wait, uh, what? Yeah, that's yeah. So, okay. it's uh, uh, schools, childcare facilities, like congregation facilities, like a church, mm. uh, and people that businesses that choose to require masks. But they're. I mean, I, I, it's time to just move on. I mean, it's time. I don't want to get off on that, but I mean, she. She's re- she's lifting the mandate there. Mm. Uh, I wish Mayor Curry would do that and say, "Hey, okay, if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. If you don't, don't." Uh, that's did it's you, just time to move on. <laughs> uh, did you see this one from News for Jacks? Florida woman who sued for ivermectin dies from COVID. They would not give it to her. Her husband sued. I think uh, she's to about the third or fourth person. Yeah, that she was that in there has happened for to. twelve weeks. Yeah, uh, yeah, before yeah. So pretty sad. Um, I know that there is a lawsuit on those grounds right now in Wisconsin, and the uh, the state Supreme Court kind of is holding things up, and that person's, uh, you know, on his deathbed. But And Maryland parents were notified that their children were given wrong dosages of the Pfizer vaccine I at a school that. clinic. 112, right? Yep. yep. Uh, and so... It's just mind-boggling to me. The Navy uh, doubled down today and pretty much said that any sailors who refuse COVID-19 will be discharged face, and also could face other administrative action. Mm. Uh, so we, I know we have some SWAT brothers that are in the Navy mm-hmm. who have said they've had COVID. They go, we don't want the vaccine. In fact, there's a lot of people in the Army, the military, the Marine Corps, Air Force, who are saying no uh, because they've had it. Um, did you see what the Oklahoma National Guard did? Yeah, they said they're not going to take yeah, it. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was pretty awesome. And, uh, you know, you'd hope to see more National Guard people uh, come up. And he said, you know, I'm vaccinated. Uh, we, you know, he even said we want people to get vaccinated, but we want people to do it because they want to do it. And I think that's probably a better route to go, obviously, than forced mandates. Yeah, so... Anyway, um, I uh, hey, just my old alma mater. I know Mississippi people in Meridian listen. Um, uh, Fox Weather and Mississippi State are establishing a scholarship for future meteorologists. Oh, well, Isn't that cool. crazy? Yeah. At Mississippi State University. So uh, they're going to partner with MSU, the foundation, to basically uh, 
create scholarships for students who want to pursue careers in weather. So if you're listening in Mississippi and you have a college age or soon to be college age child, maybe they want to get into weather. I should apply to Mississippi state for the scholarship program. That'd be great. Uh, you know, weather's an interesting thing. And, you know, I, you think back to before the Weather Channel, mm. you just tuned into your nightly news, and they would tell you a little bit about it. But now that we've got the Weather Channel, it's like 24-7 yeah. you turn on there. And uh, like uh, Brad said one time when we we had a hurricane, eight hours you're glued to the yeah. Weather Channel to see nothing change, right? right? I mean, yeah. other than it's the movement that they say. So, uh yeah, I you know I I I don't know if you got to see you know the the big news that's out there everybody's talking about on different you know sides of the issue is the Rittenhouse trial, mm-hmm. and I think one of the most disturbing things to me is um, the difference between what the testimony that came out in the trial actually said versus what the news media put out about what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, the judge actually dismissed one of the charges. I think we mentioned it yesterday that uh, he was charged with carrying pretty much a short barrel rifle, an illegal weapon, and it wasn't illegal. It was a legally uh, carried um, rifle. Uh, whether you like it or not, whether you disagree with it or not, with whether it's legal or not, it's in the books as a legal firearm, uh, a legal rifle. He can go hunting with it. Uh, whether you think he wanted to go hunting with it or not, it, it's it doesn't matter. It's what the law states, and the law had stipulated uh, about sixteen and seventeen year olds well, being able to carry, uh, you know, a, a full length rifle, as you say. Yeah, but one of the narratives the whole time was that he carried the firearm across state lines. He never did. It was mm-hmm. in Wisconsin that testimony came out. So again, uh, it, we're we're living in a time where we can't trust media stories you can't trust social media stories unless you uh have seen multiple videos or i mean it's just so hard to know what the truth is now about cases like this or things that reach national attention and it's really sad to me that journalism has gone just away Oh, yeah, it's Pravda at this point, you know what I mean? And I don't know if you saw a uh, famous dissident from China came out and said that, you know, America's already living in the authoritarian state in many ways, and most people don't even realize it. And uh, part of what he was talking about was wokeism, reminded him of Maoism. Um, so, yeah, just something, an interesting uh, note from there. But, yeah, a lot of what you see out of the media, like I say, it reminds me more of, you know, uh, what you hear, what, what you would have heard during the USSR um, and then this trial seems like a, just an attempt to fabricate uh, information to get someone sent off to the gulag. You know, it, it, it really looks uh, rather uh, communist to me. Uh, well, it reminds me of, you know, what I learned about the, the Soviet and the Soviet system. Yeah, it's, it's well, it, 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 what the state says is all that matters, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there, there was a, a news article about a professor at Old Dominion uh, who, to me, uh, any... <laughs> He he basically wrote a book called A Long Dark Shadow, Minor Attracted People. Oh. This is just another word for pedophiles. Mm-hmm. 
and their pursuit of dignity. Mm. And um, this is the same type of uh, language they were using for the homosexual uh, community. It's just the whole thing. Everything is dressed up with the language change. Mm -hmm. And um, and so uh, he did an interview and he talked about this, but uh, he, he talks out of both sides of his mouth. Child sexual abuse is an inexcusable crime, um, you know, but he wrote this book. I don't know. Uh, it's just, why, why do you use that language? Why do you use that title? It's satanic. That's really what it is. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, really, it's a demonic thing uh, that, you know, obviously the person I would say is deceived, but at, at its heart, that's what it is. There's there's no uh, rational reason. Well, okay, I'll say it, it this way. The, the reason is to deconstruct. Um, everything about Western civilization and Western culture. So whatever has uh, traditionally been seen as bad, we, we must now remake as good. And uh, that's an effort to do that, I think. Yeah. And we need, we need to pray for a church up in Virginia beach called the rock church, uh, because it has come out just in the last day or two that their pastor, who's been their lead pastor for eight years, uh, was has been accused and arrested for soliciting sex from a detective he thought was a minor. Oh wow! And so he has uh, voluntarily stepped down, mm. uh, and uh, he was among uh, seventeen men who were arrested up there in late October as part of an online sting. And uh, you know that 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 rocks a church. Mm-hmm. And for our friends who are listening on the lighthouse, uh, if you go to that church or you're a part of that church, uh, we uh, want to remember you in prayer. Uh, remember that that pastor is not the leader of the church. The guy who stepped down, Jesus is the leader of the church, and anything good that came through him was Jesus. It was not him. And so, uh, but that's just sad because you know you see this more and more. Uh, and you know, when things like that, and again, uh, we don't know what happened this, this, he was arrested, he stepped down and we have no idea what the, uh, actual facts are. We know what it says in the paper, what they may say on TV, but we certainly need to remember the church because the church is obviously trying to walk through that and they're brothers and sisters in Christ. So we want to lift them up and pray for them. Yeah, and you know it's it's almost like unthinkable how something like this happens. And I, I don't know if you remember there was a story I think over the summer of a youth pastor in like Texas or something who would run by and mess with a young boy at the uh, the bus stop, and the mm-hmm. dad found him and you know kind of beat him up uh, pretty nice. Um, yeah. and then he got arrested for that. But that uh, that people in ministry uh, obviously I would say are under uh, big time attacks, and if you're not guarding yourself in that capacity. You're liable to go down roads that you never thought you would, like uh, Robbie Zacharias. You know, there's there's a number of people mm-hmm. who have gone down this uh, sexual perverse road, and 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 that has really been the not just in youth or not not just in ministry, but at, for the culture at large, is the sexual temptation is what Satan has found to really disrupt the cohesiveness of the West. Um, and you know, since the sexual revolution, that has been uh, the main driver in tearing people away from the church and leading. Uh, obviously even ministers astray well and one of the key things is for anybody who is leading a ministry or in ministry we need accountability we need Mm -hmm. people around us that will speak into our life that we spend time with that we uh, know and know us so you can tell 
when if you spend enough time around somebody, mm-hmm. you can tell when something's not right. Right. And so, uh, and not on, not to mention the fact that we also have the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in us too. Yeah. So anyway, uh, when we come back, we're going to jump into Acts ten with Cornelius again and the gospel, looking at elements of the gospel that Peter presents to Cornelius in Acts ten. All right. So stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. Did you know by the Pentatonics? Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT I told you for... today we're going to have some better me Man, we got good music. Thanks to Larry Stevens, who handles all the behind-the-scenes stuff and really makes what happens on the air get to go out. Him along with Steve Donna. Big shout-out to them, um, to all the good folks here uh, at The Truth who make uh, – make this possible you know we don't we don't thank them enough we should thank them because we couldn't do this without them and our sponsors we're so grateful for people who do sponsor us and you know we're always looking for more sponsors because we have opportunities to expand uh we have opportunities on other radio stations but to go to that next step uh, it costs funding and if you would like to be a sponsor uh, just uh, send an email to Doug at SWATradio.com because uh, we uh, we have opportunities to expand outside of Virginia, Mississippi, Florida, uh, Georgia, and the internet that we are already onto some more local stations. So thank you to those that sponsor us, Ace Door and Window, uh, Tom Nell Trucking, uh, Jeff Andrews with Highway to Eternity Ministries, and just so appreciate all the people that uh, help us be able to do this. So 
Taylor, we are in Acts chapter 10, and yesterday we, we started looking at Peter's message to Cornelius. What's so significant about this, if you're just tuning in, by the way, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth, and SWAT started about 10 or 11 years ago as a Bible study that now has expanded to multiple Bible studies and a radio program about five years ago, and Um, Monday through Wednesday, Taylor and I just sit here and we kind of work through a passage. And this week we're working through Acts 10, 34 through 43. And we've been going through the book of Acts, which is a continuation. It's a a follow-up letter to a guy named Theophilus from Luke. Luke wrote uh, the Gospel of Luke, and he also wrote the Acts of the Apostles. And he wrote to this guy named Theophilus kind of sharing the story of Jesus. And now in Acts, he's sharing the uh, spread of the gospel, the birth of the church, and how the the disciples continued the work of Christ. And um, we'd been kind of going through in Acts chapter 2 where the Holy Spirit was given to the apostles, and when the Holy Spirit was given, Peter preached, and uh, 3,000 Jewish people responded to the gospel and uh, came to faith. And then we saw later he um, and John were told not to do that and they said we got to keep doing that because that's what we're commanded to do and they did miracles just like jesus authenticating that they were authentic messengers they preached again and uh five thousand men a total now in the church as a result so another two thousand men and others came in there's no telling how many it really were it could have been fifteen twenty thousand people total it just says five thousand men But then um, we see them go, and the Samaritans are included in Acts chapter 8. And in Acts chapter 8, Peter goes over there, and we also see what's really other than Judas. I mean, Judas, I don't know that you could really have a convert until after the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. came. Mm -hmm. Because before the convert, I mean, before the Holy Spirit came, like at Pentecost, Peter, none of them had been reborn in the Spirit. And so the first true false convert was uh, Simon, the magician. And so we see him uh, in Samaria, but we also see true believers in Samaria, and the Samaritans are accepted in as being part of the same group and church as the Jewish believers were. Uh, because up until that point, it was kind of seen as a Jewish thing. The Jewish fulfillment of Messiah had come but now the Samaritans, who the Jews didn't like, they they thought they were half breeds. They thought they were, um, they thought they were apostate uh, Jews, and and so now they were brought in. And then we saw in Acts nine, Paul, who was Saul at the time, was the greatest persecutor of the church during that day, is now converted, and he is going to come really one of the greatest missionaries of the rest of the story here in Acts. And so, but there's an interlude that kind of brings in the Gentiles. And, you know, Luke, as he shares about Saul, what he's doing is preparing to bring the Gentiles in. And then Saul's going to go in his primary ministry, even though he went first to the synagogues, he was the primary minister to the Gentiles. And so we see in Acts 10, this Roman centurion named Cornelius that God is working on. And we've already covered how God divinely orchestrated the plan of Cornelius coming into the kingdom as a Roman centurion, a Roman soldier uh, who's in Caesarea. 
We saw that he uses a divinely ordained priest in Peter. We saw that he gives them both divine opportunities to profess their loyalty and love to him because they get a vision. And what happens is they would never come together on their own. I mean, Peter came because God told him to. And Cornelius sent for Peter. Why? Because God told him to. And so they, they kind of were obedient, which shows the working of the Spirit in their life to even, you know, help them do that. And then we saw this divinely observable presence when Peter and the six people came from Joppa, and they are there to share the gospel with Peter. And yesterday we looked at, uh, we began looking at these five elements of the good news here in this text. First, it starts with God, and we talked about that yesterday. So we're not going to dwell on that um, a lot today, uh, but we will, just as a reminder, it always starts with God, the Creator. God created us for a relationship. He created us to be His messengers to those who had not yet bowed their knee to Him and their heart to Him, who were out in the world, because He has children all over the world who have not yet repented, just like Cornelius here uh, was one of His preordained name written in the book of life guys but he had not received the holy spirit yet and so there had to be a person to go tell him because it says faith come by hearing and hearing what the word of god it's the word of god that that cornelius needed to hear and the moment he heard guess what the holy spirit fed on him fell on him why because he believed he believed and we're going to look at that this week at swat so listen if you want to join us at Woody's Barbecue tomorrow at 6.30 or here at the Salem Center at noon. You can go to SWATradio.com, see where all our meetings are. But this week we're looking at the response to the gospel. But the, it started with God. And uh, the second thing we saw was the gospel is not partial to any group or person. Uh, Jesus said in John 3, For God so loved the world that he gave his be- only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish. Whosoever, whoever, any person of any group, it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, black, white, yellow, red, it doesn't matter. Uh, it, you, you are not admitted into God's family because of status in a group or not being in a group. You're not excluded from that. And God is not partial and we're going to look at that further today. The third thing we saw or said yesterday is that the gospel always presents Jesus of Nazareth, the human side, and the divine side, the promised Messiah side. And we see Peter doing that, and we're going to look at that today as well. And the, the, the gospel always proclaims and testifies to the resurrection. The resurrection is the hinge point of the gospel, and we're going to uh, look at that um uh, tomorrow and it results in ambassadors that testify that jesus is king judge and redeemer and we're going to look at that tomorrow today we're going to focus in primarily on uh, the gospel not being partial to any group or person i i dare say taylor there's not many things that aren't partial Mm -hmm. i mean most things are partial Mm -hmm. they tend to classify well you can do this if you do this or have this but with God, it says he's no respecter of persons in the King James. Um, and over and over in the Scripture, not just in the New Testament, but even in the Old Testament, 
it says God is not partial, which means um, he he doesn't when he chooses someone, it's not because of their social status, their wealth or lack of. It's not because of their ethnic background or what country they come from. Part of the problem with Jewish people in that day is they thought because they were Jewish that they were gods. And they, they God originally chose the Jewish people to be what? The voice of God to the world, the, the one who would go tell and be the channel of blessing. But they didn't do that. They thought it was all about them. And, and so... Peter states very clearly in Acts 10, verse 34, he says, I understand that God is not partial to anyone. Now, why is that an important statement for Peter? Well, because he, you know, is a Jew and grew up a Jew, and uh, his whole mindset, even with what he saw in the vision, uh, it was something that obviously had to be told to him. And so now he's grasping that, like, you know, oh, yeah, God's not partial. Yeah, because if it had been up to Peter, do you think you'd have gone to Cornelius' house? No, he even said in the text uh, that we looked at last week, he's like, you know, I, a Jew, would not be seen in the house of a, of a pagan. Yeah, and so here he is saying, truly, I understand. That's an important thing. Uh, he understands that God is not partial and what God's trying to do. God shows no partiality. But in every nation, the word their nation is ethno. So every ethnic group, anyone, he says, who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. So it almost sounds like uh, in order to be acceptable to God, you've got to be somebody who does something, right? That, that could be mistakenly inferred from that, but that's not what it's saying. If, uh, if you go... Um, to uh well when we come back from the break we're going to look at that that fearing god and doing what is right is a pre-salvation condition that shows god working in the heart it shows god working in the heart of the person it doesn't mean the person's doing it to earn anything from god but it shows god working when we come back we're going to look at that and we're going to look at how he presents jesus as both human and deity All right, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. We'd like to give a shout-out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER. We'd also like to give a shout-out to all of our local listeners, 91.7 here in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Folkston, Georgia. And finally, we'd like to give a shout-out to all of you listening online, wherever you are in the country or around the world. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the news.
Welcome back to SWAT Radio. That was Pentatonix with Angels We Have Heard on High. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 10, verses 34 through 43 this week. If you missed any of this program or would like to go back and listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. Again, that's www.swatradio.com. Click on the past programs link. There you'll be able to find all of our programs, including yesterday's where we uh, first started looking at Acts chapter 10, verse 34 through 43. Um, and you'll also be able to find this one in just about an hour or so. Again, that's www.swatradio.com. So, you know, uh, Peter, when he was talking, we were talking about the elements of the gospel. If you're just tuning in, we're in Acts chapter 10, looking at 34 through 43. And the gospel, the word good news, when it talks, when, when Peter... Um, said in verse 36, as for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news. That word for good news in the Greek is the word euangelion. Euangelion was only proclaimed. Good news was only proclaimed in three instances. It was a secular term. When an emperor was born, when a, a new emperor was coronated, or an emperor had a great victory, military victory. So Luke is very specific in picking this word. Now, what's interesting is in the Septuagint, which is the Greek version of the Old Testament, the Hebrew converted to Greek. If you go back to Isaiah 52, 7, it tells what the euangelion is. That same word is there, and it is salvation. It is salvation and our God reigns. It talks about his lordship and his kingship and the redemption that he brings. So we focus only on the redemption aspect a lot of times, the saving aspect, but it's both. It's not just his redemption from our sins. That's part of it. But it's also the fact that he reigns and we can rest in his sovereignty and his providence and how he does, uh, how he oversees us. But I, I want to go back to the first element that we said. The gospel, the good news, always starts with God. In this short text, it says, first of all, that God shows no partiality. And we just talked about that a second ago. In Romans 2.11, it says that. In Ephesians 6.9, it reemphasizes that. And in Colossians 3, Paul brings that up, that God is not partial to any person or group. He's, he, he is objective in the way he deals. You know, humans can be bribed. You can't bribe God. He's, there's no partiality with him. The same standard is applied across the board to every human being. They have violated his law. They have rebelled against him. And every human being is held to the same standard. And there's only one person in the history of the world that has exemplified what that standard is, and it was Jesus. And we're going to look at the Jesus of Nazareth as a human in a minute. But God shows no partiality. But notice it also says that God anointed Jesus. It says God was with him. God raised him from the dead. God chose people that would be witnesses of that. God appointed these witnesses to go and testify. So God is the author of it all, and it starts with him. 
and we saw that he was not partial. But that phrase I was dealing with before we went to the break when it says, Peter's saying, anyone in any nation who fears him and does what is right, it almost sounds, when you read that, if you just took that out of context, like you've got to clean up your life, Mm. and you don't. What Peter is acknowledging there is that there's people who you see the hand of God drawing because nobody's going to fear God. That's a nat- that's an unnatural thing. Nobody seeks him on their own. Nobody fears him on their own unless God is drawing them. And he was drawing Cornelius. And what it means by doing what is right, it means that he recognizes God's standard for right and wrong, God's standard for what's moral and immoral. We live in a world that says, well, you determine your own standard. That's not the way it is with God. No. How do we determine what the standard is if there's no deity, if there's no divine creator? Who gets to choose? China? Hmm. Russia? The U.S.? I mean, none of us get to set the standard for the world. Like, if you go... Do you know right now, if you go into some places in Africa, if 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 somebody accidentally kills somebody in your family, you can go you can go kill them back. Somebody in their family, the person that did it. I mean, like you know, if they if they were negligent or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's no standard of of law or anything that, that it's just the mob rules. I was in Kenya and I saw this demonstrated when somebody. St- uh, snatched a purse a young teenage boy snatched a purse and i saw a mob beat that young boy i mean there were there were like 20 people that descended on him somebody some guy tripped him they caught him and they beat him it was mob justice that's not the way god does things uh people think because god stands for justice that we can just take it in our own hands that's not the way god ordains it and he's not partial to anybody. And Peter's making the observation in verse 36 that, uh, and 35, I mean, that, that there's a pre-salvation condition going on in Cornelius that he's recognized that God's working in the heart. What we see in Cornelius is what Micah described in Micah 6, 8. He has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you? To do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. Would you say that was evident in Cornelius? Mm-hmm. He gave alms to the poor. He prayed continually. He invited Peter to come into his home. No Roman soldier is going to do that unless God's working in his heart. So you see God working in his heart. He's not partial to anybody. And he's showing Peter. And when Peter says, I understand, Peter's starting to get it. And what does Peter say? As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. Notice he he incorporates both elements here. What's the good news of peace? Peace with God, forgiveness, Mm -hmm. forgiveness, forgiveness there. But he also says what? He's Lord of all. There's the our God reigns part. In verse 37, we see him going into the Jesus Messiah and Jesus of Nazareth. He says, verse 37, you know what happened throughout all Judea. He makes this statement to Cornelius like, Cornelius, you know the story. He he is claiming here that he knows the story. Well, why wouldn't he? He's guarding the Roman governor in 
Caesarea, mm-hmm. where just eight to ten years earlier, there was this revolutionary named Jesus who now he's got followers that number over 8,000, or I'm sorry, over 5,000, could be uh, as many as 20,000, somewhere between five and 20,000 people, 5,000 men for sure. And he is saying, you know, you know the story, what happened beginning in Galilee after the baptism of John. And he says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. Now, why would God have to anoint Jesus with the Holy Spirit if Jesus was God? I, when I when I read that yesterday, I was wondering on that. Um, I guess because Jesus was doing the will of His Father, and so, man, I don't know. That's a good question. Well, think about it. Do you know the verse in the Bible that says, "And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature"? Yeah. Why would Jesus have to grow in wisdom he if he human. was God? Because he was human. Yeah, but he was God too, right? Mm-hmm. He, but he was—he had the nature of God. But he set aside his God powers, his God omnipotence. He set those things aside. People think that Jesus could just look at you and would know immediately, as a human, what was going through your head. But he had to be cognizant to what the Spirit was telling exactly. Him. If God it, it had not revealed it to him by the power of the Spirit, he wouldn't know. When it says, and he knew what was in every man's hearts, it's because the Spirit had revealed it to him. And so God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. And by him saying that, he's like saying Taylor of Middle, Middleburg <laughs> or, you know, Doug. You know, Middleburg? Hold on. <laughs> I'm sorry, not I'm Middleburg. From, I'm, I'm sorry, Indiana, McClenny. No, 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 no. no, no. Uh, I'm from ta- Indiana. Well, All where right. are you from? Taylor from Indiana. Where are you from in Indiana? Uh, Mishawaka. Uh, so Taylor from Mishawaka, right? So that's just a title. And if you remember, Luke uses that over and over and over. Why? Because he is saying this Jesus whom you crucified. Mm. Jesus of Nazareth. Because Jesus, there were other people known as Jesus back in that day. Mm-hmm. He's making sure people know this Jesus you crucified, that God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all, he says, who were oppressed by the devil. So right here he's bringing out the human side of Jesus and the deity side because he had authority over Satan. You don't have authority over Satan unless you're God. You know, people on earth like to claim authority over Satan. They don't have any authority over Satan. God has authority over Satan. Uh, If the disciples cast a demon out of somebody, when they did that, they were doing it as an instrument that God in authority was moving them out. Do you remember over um, in, uh, I think it's Jude. Let me look real quick just to confirm. In Jude, it it makes a statement about this. Um, It says... um, when it's talking about people who are like false believers or false teachers, yet in like manner, verse 8, these people relying on their dreams defile the flesh, they reject authority, and they blaspheme the glorious ones. But when the archangel Michael contended with the devil, was disputing about the body of Moses, he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment. 
but said, the Lord rebuked you. Why? Because he has no authority as an angel. Mm. So anyway, when we come back, we're going to finish looking. I have a couple other uh, verses real quick on that. Verses 37 through 39, talking about Jesus is human, Jesus divine. One of the elements Peter presented. All right. Uh, we'll be back with more after the break. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. Christmas Day by Casting Crowns. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 10, verses 34 through 43 this week. Uh, Today we're focusing uh, mostly on uh, verses 35, 36, uh, and and then on into verse 39. Uh, If you would like to join the discussion or if you have any questions, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Yeah, I, you know, Taylor, that, that, that's a tough thing, you know, because most of the time when we think about Jesus when he walked the earth, we just, we make an assumption or, or usually maybe because we, um, uh, I don't know, just grow up having these images of him uh, exercising all of his power when he walked the earth after the baptism, but he he put aside his power. Yeah. You know, he put aside his power. It doesn't mean that the Spirit didn't reveal things to him and he wasn't able to discern using the Spirit and stuff, but he put himself into a human body and... Uh, all that stuff was uh, to to come walk as a human. Yeah. And, you know, there's people, um, I guess when I was thinking about uh, 
reading through that, there are people who say that, you know, he didn't get the spirit of uh, the, Ho- the Holy Spirit until he was baptized or until he was like 12 or something like that. Um, and so that's, I think there's confusion for people about um, the all the dynamics that are at play there. Um, I don't know if you've heard any of people, you know, st- say stuff like that or teach in that manner at all. Yeah, I, I just think, um, you know, when you when you think about Jesus' deity and you think about um, him being here, I think a lot of times we, we, we just attribute to him all the divine power characteristics of God mm-hmm. while he was on earth that he had access to, but he, by his own choice, put those things aside and yeah. by divine plan. Yeah, uh, he did not see equality, equality with God as something to be grasped, but humbled himself and became obedient even mm-hmm. unto death. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that, I, my dad made me memorize that passage of Scripture when I was younger. <laughs> so, But, yeah, I think that's something that, you know, if you're really – uh, thinking about it, 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 it's, it's something that we should take with us that, um, Christ was doing nothing except for what, you know, he was led to by the Holy spirit. And what does that entail? It entails, uh, strong, uh, communication and, uh, uh, communion, communion between the two. And that's how we should be, uh, in our lives as well. Well, he's fully God and he's fully man. A lot of people aren't even aware, uh, Taylor, that, uh, that Jesus existed before mm. his physical birth. Mm-hmm. He existed as God before the physical birth, but when he became a human, that we we had what's referred to, uh, they call it a hypostatic union of God and man, where basically he's fully God and fully man, two distinct natures, but he's one person. Uh his humanity and divinity were not mixed. They, he wasn't like a hybrid. He had them both yeah. fully. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he put aside the power part, even though it was at, he, it was there, he put it aside. It, it's kind of hard for us to understand that in the same way it's hard for us to understand God's sovereignty and human responsibility and salvation. We just can't get our heads around that. But the Bible teaches Jesus was fully human, fully divine, and there was no dilution. So by him setting aside his power, it did not dilute his God nature mm-hmm. and who he was, uh, his personhood. So I just want to make that clear. You know, uh, in Jeremiah 25, if uh, if you were to flip back to Jeremiah 25, when uh, these prophecies that um, are in the Old Testament that talk about God's people and what God's going to do. And, you know, um, he says, you know, in uh, Jeremiah 25, that he's going to come among his people. Um, you know, he's going to come and he is going to um, be the promised Messiah. The God himself is going to come and deliver his, his people. Um, uh, you know, he, maybe I, maybe I miswrote that. Maybe it's Jeremiah 23 I'm thinking about. Yes, 23. I'm sorry. I, I was thinking about uh, in Jeremiah, and it's the shepherds. Uh, he's, he's rebuking the shepherds, God is, and he talks about, you know, uh, I'm going to come and rescue them. I'm going to be the one that, that takes care of them. He says, uh, 
you know, I'm going to come and take care of them. And he's, uh, he says, uh, the burden of the Lord, you shall mention no more for the burden is every man's own word. And you pervert the words of living God. He's rebuking these shepherds and prophets, um, because they're not caring for the people. So God himself comes among us to be, uh, our deliverer comes among us to lead us to be our shepherd, and that's what he referred to himself. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd, what, lays down his life for his people. And so he is fully God, fully man. That is the good news. It is the euangelion. Peter preached it. It says he preached it. He heralded it. That word means to herald. It's Caruso in the Greek. And he's just trying to say that, um, you know, he's the one who is going to deliver us. And it says in Deuteronomy twenty one twenty two, cursed is every man who hangs on a tree. And Peter had already preached that in Acts chapter 5. And so Jesus, the human, and God, fully God, took our punishment on a tree and was cursed for us. Paul alludes to that in Galatians 3, that he became the curse for us. And so he took that curse and... Um, that, that was meant for us because of our disobedience, because the Lord's wrath is going to go out. That's justice. You cannot have someone violate God's law and not have justice. And Jesus took our punishment for us. He took the cup and, you know, he took the cup that was meant for us. And because of him being fully God, he was perfect because as a human, he walked a perfect life. He was able to be the perfect sacrifice for us. He could not have been the sacrifice if he had not been human. He could not have taken the sacrifice, uh, the punishment, if he would have been just man. Mm-hmm. And so he was God and man. And it's it's one it's a mystery. It's something we can't understand why God allowed it or why it was part of his plan. And yet Scripture clearly teaches it. It is only by what he did, that his death, burial, and resurrection – his death on the cross is what did it. The cross is is where all of our sin was paid for, and the resurrection is the proof. And when we come back tomorrow, we are actually going to look at Peter testifying about the resurrection and what resulted and what happens and what he tells his people to do who, who really believe. And so that's really, uh, you know, the elements that we've seen so far is that the gospel starts with God, it's not partial to any person or group. It's open to any group uh, and any person. And it presents Jesus of Nazareth as human, but it also presents Jesus as Nazareth, of Nazareth as the promised Messiah. And so those are three, and we're going to look at uh, the resurrection tomorrow and then the results uh, uh, of, of really when the gospel goes forth, ambassadors that now testify that Jesus is king, judge, and redeemer. So, yeah, you know, and thinking about um, Christ's work on the cross and really God's whole plan for salvation, it's really kind of scandalous uh, to think about that. Um, uh, you know, after Adam and Eve sinned, um, there was a chasm that couldn't be broached in any way, and yet mm-hmm. there had to be, um, you know, proof of concept that mm-hmm. you know man could uh, follow the dictates of God, and and God, uh, being God, was the only one who could do it. Who and he came down to show us, um, you know, that it was possible that he was righteous, um, and that he was justified in, 
laying of the law. And then through his death and resurrection, the mercy that flows uh, from that uh, is just really something that's pretty crazy. And I don't think we really think about it a lot. And it's not the only time that, um, you know, God has uh, taken on uh, something for us. Like I think of, um, you know, when Abraham, when he made the covenant with Abraham and, you know, he has slaughtered uh, the animals and then, you know, you're supposed to, in the culture at the time, you're supposed to walk through that. Right. And then God's the one who, uh, went through he it. He put for, him to sleep. Yeah. yeah, he put him to sleep. Why? Because he was terrified. If you go back and read it, he was terrified. Why? Because he was making a covenant mm-hmm. with the God of all creation. Yeah, and and then to be responsible and fulfill his aspect of the covenant, what it meant, you know, why you butchered those animals was like, be it on me if I can't uphold it. And, and instead, God went through that um, for him and saying, I'm going to uphold it all uh, regardless. And then that's the same thing, really, that he did. Um, for us uh, as a man yeah he he um, you know he he gave us something we don't deserve and you know a lot of people that are out in the world today especially um, a lot of people who are uh, who don't believe mm-hmm. or a lot of people who grew up hearing it and have gone away from it it makes no sense to them they can't understand it and therefore because they can't understand it, they don't believe it, and they think that people who believe, like you and me, uh, they they think that we are. Um, I don't know. They think we walk around in fear. Yeah. And 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 I don't. Do you? Well, no. And you know, they think of God as a some vengeful God who's just you know looking for a reason to send somebody away. And in the reality, what the Bible shows is a God that's full of grace and mercy and so much that he punished himself for our sake and i I just really don't get how people uh you know pull that reading out of it um i think it's just two different ways of looking at it hey swat tomorrow if you want to join us go to swatradio.com you can find where we're meeting we'd love to have you yes so make sure you do that that's all the time we've got for today you've been listening to swat radio if you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs please visit us at www.swatradio.com that's www.swatradio.com or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio, and you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a great day. If you missed a SWAT Radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening